hello there, everybody. This is Ruth Prevails. I'm Amanda. I'm Mastasia. And let's cue the first song. Question time with Amanda. You might cry, but hopefully good tears. Okay. <laughs> so, slight disclaimer. Pretty much this whole podcast, and possibly the next one, and we don't know if beyond it, is question time with Amanda. <laughs> podcast will start, or is actually going to be titled, in a question form. And so will the following ones. So, let's cue the next song. Little random facts about Mastasia. We'll just keep it very simple for this one. In that, I'm a homebody. I just, I, I like being home. I, it's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this sounds more like boring facts about Mastasia. Uh, Mastasia, we prefer to call it random facts about Mastasia. <laughs> Okay, sorry for that interruption, but we are currently back. Thanks for bearing with us. Yes, thank you so much. But I think we should start this podcast. So, Nastasia, what is the first question? Can you be deceived? So, that is the topic for today. Man, this is tough. Yeah, pretty (laughs) weighty. It certainly is. So the question was, can you be deceived? Anastasia, what's your answer? Yes. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's a bold yes. And Mm. why is it? you, they, us, you can be deceived. Our hearts are deceitful. Yes. And one thing I I think on too is just the fact that I know like some people believe like, oh, I'm immune. Like I won't be deceived. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need to worry about this. But um, even though I'm not the questioner, A question I would raise (laughs) would be about, like, why are there the biblical warnings? Like, the biblical warnings are there for a reason, and we want to stand on God's word. Um, And, yeah, and so the Bible touches upon lots of warnings about, you know, false prophets and teachers and um, just um, antichrist, like, just different forms of deception and everything like that um and so it with all those warnings in place it really seems it really points to the fact that we are susceptible to deception so how about you give us one good scripture that kind of talks about that okay so let's see I already mentioned about um, how the heart is more deceitful than all else. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? So that's one way, like, we know we're susceptible as well because that's just how our hearts are naturally inclined. Um, is and there, so, so basically, okay, so you're basically saying that it is all of our hearts are susceptible because... I mean, we're still in the flesh, right? And that's our sinful nature. Mm-hmm. So still grapple with that. And that has, the the heart is where we hold a lot of things, such as, you know, the evil, the tendency of our nature of being, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. 
Um, but what's another good scripture, like the biblical warnings? Um, there's so many. True. What comes to your mind? Well, I think about um, probably First Timothy six three five, and um, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. But uh, I highly advise people to look into the the varying biblical warnings. I mean, we can give reference to them, which I think you can. After I read this, you can. Um, but First Timothy six three five says, "If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain." So I know you touched on topics about false teachers. There's a lot talking about false teachers and false prophets mm -hmm. in the Bible. Um, so that is something that is of a huge biblical warning. It, it mm -hmm. constantly mentions it. So um, not that we have to fully go into all the other scriptures, but if you can give some reference ones, Nastasia, which ones would you give? I mean... There's Romans 16, 17 through 20, and it's a warning to the brethren against, um, you know, false teaching again. Anything that's contrary to the teachings of Christ and right. um, that can cause like a hindrance and, um, and division. And then also there's like Mark 9, 42, 44, and it talks about um, stumbling blocks and, um, you know, we want to be cautious to not stumble a brother or sister or you know or other or even people who aren't a part of christ and they cause a stumbling block and the bible makes it clear like that's very bad <laughs> um right. and then you know there's matthew 7 15 and it talks about you know beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves um and so they you know impersonating true shepherds but they're leading many astray and then there's also 2 Peter 1, 20-21, which is a good reminder that scripture is from, like, the Holy Spirit. Like, men were moved by the Holy Spirit, um, and they and spoke from God. So the scripture is something that we should really stand on. Um, so being that as the case, and then with all those other scriptures about warning against false teachers and false prophets and stuff, it's something we should definitely be wary of or aware of i guess would be a better way to say that right okay thank you for that Anastasia. um so with that all in mind i'm pretty sure a question that may be coming up is so what is deception like are are there some forms or something of the sort and yes there are of course there are um we have, Nastasia and I have kind of looked into it, uh, and we seem to have found there to be the obvious and the subtle types of deception. But just to, for the sake of the time, you know, in the podcast, once again, this is not exhaustive. This list is not going to be exhaustive because unfortunately there is a lot of deception and it's pretty prevalent. It's and it's only increasing. Um, but Mastasia, would you like to kind of give a little bit of the obvious deceptions that are out there? Yeah. So there's like um, the tarot cards, horoscopes, palm readings, witchcraft, and then like those obvious idols, such as a statue you're bowing down to, or like the pictures, or like you know certain rituals, you know, and um, things like that, that you can look at and it's very clear, like, okay, that's deception. That's not of God. That's not, um, you know, yeah. And so those are kind of like some of the obvious forms of deception out there, things that directly point away from Jesus. You know, you know what I find like so strange is that even though that they're obvious, 
they're still not that obvious. Like, I know people probably just kind of, I mean, we're really specifically talking to Christians here, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, to them, unbelievers, unfortunately, they're already being deceived. So it's just kind of like, when you look at Christians, we are supposed to be apart from the world, but it seems like we're looking more like the world and we get caught up in even obvious deception. So with the subtle ones, I mean, we don't even realize it sometimes, but the only way to realize it is obviously if like Nastasia mentioned over um, the scripture in second Peter is the scriptures, you know, but um, the subtle types of deception that uh, we have gathered, Nastasia and I, <laughs> um, is like false doctrines, uh, such as false gospels, uh, the false teachers, the false prophets that are mentioned a lot in the Bible. We have counterfeit Christians. We have cult Christians. We have these ism philosophies. There's culture versus biblical ideologies. And then there's the idols that we technically don't seem to deem idols because we're so accustomed to knowing them as the obvious that Mastasia mentioned, which is like statues and pictures. Um, but these idols that we're talking about subtle is our cars, our car, our job, money, certain things like that can become our idols. We put that all above the Lord. Basically anything we put above God is an idol. And there's also this new age that keeps just keeps growing and growing. Um, unfortunately, there are Christian schools, there are Christian organizations, and there's Christian worship music, and so on, and so on, and so on, that are very subtle forms of deception. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you would want to emphasize, such as maybe elaborate a little bit more on Nastasia when it comes to the forms of deception? I mean, I think one thing to note for like the subtle is like, some of these things like it's not like um, all worship music or all organizations or all schools or everybody idolizes a car or anything. It's not like, oh, all of these things are bad, but all of these things are still susceptible to deception and housing and teaching deception. And so it's always good to, you know, um, be observant of things and like pay mind to it because we want to stand on God's truth and um, and not be stumbled. Um, and, you know, and so like with the cars, the jobs, the money, these things might not be idols, but to some with such a heavy reliance, it's almost like perhaps we turn from seeing it as a resource to seeing it as the source, but no, God is the source and he is who we seek and our treasures in heaven and not here. Um, and I think that you were kind of touching on a little bit, Amanda. It's it's a bit of a shame because some of these obvious ones too, some of the obvious ones aren't always as obvious as we think it might be. And maybe it's because we're not in our word as much as we ought to be. Or maybe it's just because there's a lot more people who claim the name Christian, but they don't really claim Christ or the fullness of who Christ is. And they just pick and choose what they want. And so then they start to blur the lines and things start to get more confusing. And so then it's like, now all of a sudden a Christian can mean so many different things. And so what we want to be sure of is that rather than just claiming the title, that we are true followers of Christ. Right. That's, that's so good, Mastasia. That's so good. <laughs> I was like sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, yes. Oh my goodness. Cause when you start to think about like the things that you're exposed to, the things that you see, even on social media and everything, there is a lot of distortion. There is a lot of stuff that is claimed to be something and it completely is not. Um, so kind of like maybe um, piggyback on what you have said, uh, there's like a huge concern for these 
cult type Christians, you know, in that sense where they're, they claim to know it all and it's just one camp and they're the only ones that have like the truth and, and all that stuff. You have to be very, very weary and very, very careful with types of, you know, places, people that claim to have only the truth themselves, or there's like special revelation to them only. And you need to be in tune with them to have that because Mm -hmm. that is, um, partly the definition of what cult is. And Mm -hmm. so you have to be really careful with those things. Um, mind you, I'm glad that you said that there are schools and organizations and worship music and everything that are housing it, but not all completely. Okay. We're not trying to just basically stamp a generic stamp on everything saying everything's all deceived. No, thankfully, I believe the Lord knows how to, to care for his people and to watch out for his people and to convict our hearts into knowing what is truth from false. And, um, so, but the reality is, is that the more and more that we could examine ourselves just to see where we stand in comparison to deception, the better we'll be. Um, it's, and it's not because look at the culture, look at the culture. Now you see more of the culture just fully taking over and the biblical aspects are, are just kind of being nullified. They're just, they're not as valid. They don't really stand. And it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to be going over well. Mm-hmm. It seems the more and more that uh, culture is taking over, the less and less amount we see of the biblical stance. And we see even true followers or what, or what they say they are true followers of Jesus Christ, more exemplifying the culture instead Mm -hmm. of, and that literally can break our hearts. That could break our hearts. Um, But so let's try to break it down a little bit more to help those that are listening understand. Mm -hmm. So you and I have chosen to kind of put two camps right? We've chosen to do kind of two, two camps and such as there's true followers of Christ. And then this is so sad to say, but then there's false converts. Mm-hmm. And man, this is so hard. <laughs> I'm like, this is hard just to kind of talk about this because it, it really starts to break your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can kind of explain slightly a little bit and maybe have a, a a scripture to back it up what a true follower of christ nastasia tell me biblically what does that look like so i think one thing i want to mention real quick too is the fact that some of the obvious forms of deception i had mentioned point away from christ but some of the subtle ones seem to twist Christ, um, pick and choose what they want and such. And so it is very heartbreaking how out of that can stem false converts because they've believed in false gospels. Um, and so to kind of try and clarify now um, the, you know, a true follower of Christ and what we mean by that and a false follower of Christ and what we mean by that and also to try and answer the question concerning those two groups of can you be deceived you know um there's the true followers of christ and they can they are still susceptible to deception but this is a deception that seems as you look through the bible it seems to be aimed more at disrupting a believer's walk but not affecting their salvation because they've already believed in the true gospel um and so um, Matthew 24, 24, for instance, talks about for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So it's such a great delusion that many are going to be deceived during that time. And yet it's so much so that even the elect could be led astray if it were possible. So um, that's just to like help further point to 
this isn't a matter of salvation for a true follower of Christ. So a true follower of Christ believes in the true gospel of Christ. Okay. Um, yeah, that's actually good. So what we what we have come to understand is that Matthew 24 is in the tribulation period. Um, but it definitely depicts the fact of how the Lord covers his elect. He Because you're consistently seeking after him that he protects you in that. That's what we gained from it, correct, Nastasia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, when it comes to false converts, thank you for leaving this to me, Nastasia. This is just so unfortunate. It really is because it's it's a reality. It is a very true and very sad deception. And that is that, this one does completely affect salvation. And that's because at some point in time, a false gospel was presented and it was believed. And from there, it could just, it could just distort everything else in that so-called walk that you're having with God. But in reality, you're not. And so I think of Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, which says, for in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. So basically what it's saying is that there are people that can come and hear the truth of the gospel and not believe, but there's also those that can believe in a false gospel and think that they're walking with the Lord. There is that distortion. And um, the really sad thing is that you can see the goodness of God. Even the Bible depicts the several times where it's just like those saw signs and wonders and still did not believe. (sighs) Gosh, this is hard. So there are people that can hear the true gospel as well and still not believe and be falsely converted because they think they are, but they're not. But then there's also those that can hear a false gospel that's being taught by a false teacher and they can believe once again and think they're walking with the Lord, but they are not. And Mm -hmm. so some people might think that Um, the scripture could be pertaining to uh, true believers, true followers of Jesus Christ, that they can fall away from salvation. But that's impossible. That's just impossible because then you would have to say that if they fall away, uh, they're not able to gain it back based on the scripture. And that's not true. You cannot lose your salvation. Once you have believed, once you have believed, the Lord knows when you truly have believed from your heart you cannot lose your salvation. Just as Mastasia spoke about the true followers of Christ. You can be deceived in the sense where it affects your walk, but you cannot lose your salvation. But in regards to a false convert, you can be deceived into believing you're walking with the Lord or you have have accepted the true gospel and you truly, your heart has not been changed. You're not you're not born again. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, you are, uh, you, you attest to like the goodness of God. You see all these miracles and signs and wonders and everything. And yet you still refuse the true gospel. Mm-hmm. And one more time reiterating, being exposed to a false gospel, believing in that, and then walking in that you're still deemed a false convert. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm sorry. I need to take a deep breath here. I'm sorry. It's just like <sighs> so hard. That's so hard. It's really, mm-hmm. yeah. I know, um, I know you kind of feel it too. Um, so there's one big thing that we kind of want to convey in this, and it is the importance. If you say you are a, true follower of Jesus Christ, 
because like Nastasia mentioned, the, that word Christian is getting really hard <laughs> to because mm-hmm. it's being mixed in with a lot of different things. But truly, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, it is so imperative to examine ourselves daily, asking the Holy Spirit to keep us accountable. Mm-hmm. So Nastasia, can you elaborate on that for a bit? Yeah. So, um, I remember, I believe it was Paul and it's in Galatians one where he talks about, um, if anybody preaches any other gospel than what he had preached, let them be accursed. So the, we, it's important we get the gospel right. And, um, then there's also that scripture that hits hard in Matthew seven, where it talks about, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So it's important that we don't just know of Jesus, but that we believe in who Jesus really is and that he is our Lord and that he knows us as his servants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the scriptures, like in second Corinthians 13, five, it teaches us test yourselves to see if you are in the faith, examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test. Um, and so, um, this may not be pertaining to salvation, but truly uh, to see if the Holy Spirit's power is at work and to see if we are in the true faith or part of heretical teachings. Um, and there's Luke 6, 45, and it says, the good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth what is good, and that evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth what is evil for his mouth speaks from that which fill his heart. Um, So I don't know, maybe you should be elaborating more on these ones. Okay. So uh, Luke 645 that you have said, yeah, it's basically giving that analogy of the trees, whether they bear good fruit or bad fruit. And so it's, it's basically saying that we are able to identify the people by their words and deeds it is very evident that we can see that because righteousness in the heart always produces righteousness and then wickedness in the heart produces wickedness. But guess what? We cannot produce any type of righteousness unless we have the Holy Spirit and unless we have that regenerated heart and that God is working on that and he's transforming us from the inside out. So with that in mind, such as, you know, what we've just pretty much have um, conveyed for the most part, let's thoroughly clarify more what a true follower of Christ is and what a false convert is and kind of give um, a little bit more emphasis for those that are listening to have a way of examining themselves and also to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray to our wonderful Lord and ask him for help that we, we should be willing to to seek out what he would have us to do. So when it pertains to a true follower of Christ, true follower of Christ, listen up, listen up folks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, there's very, very important things that we read in the scripture. And I'd like to give kind of like a, a little bit of a bullet point list in a sense. Um, but think about these things as I say them. We are to always go by what God hates and what he loves, not based on our opinions, not based on what the culture is um, showing to us or, or revealing to us. We never abuse the free gift of grace because we know clearly that the Bible speaks about that. If you haven't heard yet, you can go listen to Uncompromising Grace. <laughs> uh, you can listen to that one and it gives you a little bit more about the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, whatever breaks God's heart is what breaks ours. Like we need to be about that. We we need to be seeking that. And whatever the Lord strictly says, like, that's a no, that's a no. 
what he says it's a yes to, that's a yes to. And we are basically looking at everything through the biblical lens. We're never sitting there and thinking, well, what does my mind think on this? Or what does the culture think on this? Or what does my emotion tell me about this? No. Which leads me to the next bullet point that says, you know, we act on our on the convictions that are given to us and not our emotions because our emotions stem from our hearts. From our hearts, we get these thoughts. Our thoughts produce these emotions and the emotions act out. And that's where we act out and we do certain things that we should not do. So I'm strongly thinking on the scripture, Romans 12, 2, which is, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I think we fail to understand how much this world is dominated by Satan. We fail to realize that our minds are really a place where it can just completely go downhill. It can distort a lot of things because our hearts Whatever's in our hearts, which technically, innately, we're evil. We are. We're sinners. For this reason is why Jesus Christ came. Why he came to die on that cross, crucified brutally for us. He was buried and then he rose again. Rose again. Honestly, we can never think of any other God, Lord G God, that has ever done that. So this is why he came for us. He came for this reason because we are, we're all doomed. We're all doomed without him completely. So it's our heart causes the thoughts in our head. So if our hearts are bad, which, hello, I think we said that in the beginning, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. (laughs) So our minds can be completely distorted and think on things that are not good. And the only thing that we have are the scriptures. It says here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's through the scriptures. So it has to, uh, our minds have to be in line with what the word says. And that's what we need to, we have to seek to do. Not just like once in a while, or, you know, let me just go to church on Sundays and hear the sermon. No, we need to diligently be doing it ourselves. Um, but I also want to emphasize another scripture. I just, Sage, I think we just like, we're, we're like, oh my gosh, we have so many scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so important. It's just so important because his word never returns void. <laughs> so I think about 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 16, which I, it, it says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So again, this goes back to the mind. It seems like the mind is such a huge thing, which you I think you've mentioned already, Mastasia, the importance of taking thoughts captive, if not in this podcast, but in several ones of the importance of taking thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's saying we don't live for this world. We live for that grace, for that future time of Christ's return. We live for that. So we must be spiritually minded. We must be steadfast. We must have self-control and have that clarity of mind and be morally decisive that we are going to live for God. So in other words, we're not sitting there and just simply saying, well, God gives me grace so I can still continue in this or forcefully try in our own strength to be morally well. We're basically surrendering ourselves to the Lord and believing in him, knowing that it's all on him and his grace that he works in us that he transforms our heart. So, you know, we must treat him and his word with reverence and we must glorify him by being like him. Mm-hmm. So um, there's other scriptures that I can probably just reference and you can write down and hopefully you can research. Um, but there's Romans 10, 8, 10. There's John 5, 24. There's John 3, 5. There's Titus 3, 5. Ezekiel 36, 26. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which is really a 
can be a lot of people's favorite, which is you're a new creation in Christ. And then there's Philippians 1, 6 that many are familiar with, which is he who began a good work. But again, we shouldn't misinterpret that as though that gives us a free pass to sin continuously because God provides grace. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I know that that's a lot to take in, but mind you, the Bible gives us what we need. So, Mastasia, I had to let you do the false converts this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, please, enlighten me. Okay. You. But I wanted to say real quick, because I just kept thinking, too, like, I'll, I mean, it's also good to remember, though, that, like, we're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace. And Ezekiel 36, 26 is great because it says, you know, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will move the heart of stone from you and give you a heart of flesh. And, you know, of course, Second Corinthians 5, 17, as she had meant, as Amanda mentioned, is that we're new creation in Christ. And so take we can take comfort knowing you know and then philippians 1 6 he's doing that good work in us and will be carried unto completion to the day of jesus christ you know so it's just like it's good to have that comfort in knowing like okay yeah like yes i am the sinner yes yes there is this wickedness in me yes oh my gosh lord i'm sorry i'm sorry but then well, what can i do what do i have to do and then it's like remembering like god is at work in you if you truly believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and he is your Lord, and you believe he was raised from the dead on that third day, like, he is doing that work in us and changing us. So there's comfort in knowing that truth as well. Um, and so there's that change, but it's because of his grace. And so it's just amazing. <laughs> I was like, um, I was going to be like, just like to piggyback on that. But see, what what you emphasize is like, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh, I am a sinner. See, there, there is the key right there, is that there is a mourning. There is a sorrow over the sin that is being committed, the sins that are being committed. And that is evidence of that heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And I know we talk about the flesh as in, you know, we struggle with the flesh, you know, it's still in the sinful nature and you know that. But when we're, when we're talking about the heart, though, it was a heart of stone. That means like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, sure. If he wanted to, he could break through that. But guess what? He gives us that gift of the heart of flesh, which is malleable. It's able to be transformed. And so when we have that remorse, when we have that sorrow over our sins, it's because we are one. We, we are in Christ. We are. And so he begins that work, that work that we talk about, Philippians 1, 6. So this leads us to false converts again. Yeah. <laughs> so on the flip side, um, a false convert, you know, there may be that abuse of grace. Oh, if I'm forgiven, then that means I can keep living this way and uh, I'm forgiven. So who cares? Um, and it's sad because it really is void of that that joy that comes from the gratitude of knowing you're forgiven, which comes from knowing you need forgiveness. And yet, if there's that air of, who cares? I get to live my life however I want it because I got my free pass to heaven. It's an abusing of that grace. And we're not called to abuse that free gift of grace we've been given. And um, <clears throat> there is a pursuing of moral identity instead of biblical identity. Um, you know, maybe you're grounded in the laws the world has picked and cho- chosen for us to abide by. And so those moral laws is what you're grounded in. And um, you find your identity in different things rather than in Christ. And um you don't stand on the Bible, you stand on the world and whatever the the world has deemed worthy to be in it. Maybe some of, a lot of things like, you know, knowing, oh, we shouldn't be liars, we shouldn't be thieves, we shouldn't be murderers, all of that, that comes from the Bible. But the world has decided, oh, some of these are good, but some of these we're just going to toss out. Um, and so then what kind of goes hand in hand with that is there's no desire for the things of God. Um you know, if where is your, your treasure at? Is it in heaven? Is it with Christ? Or is it in 
a flashy new car, the biggest house, as much food as you want, living as comfortably as you can, and just getting by until you're, you're done here. Is it living your best life here now, or is it in recognition that our best life will be in heaven with Christ? Um, and then, you know, a bearing of bad fruit. Um, you know, the Bible teaches, like, you're going to know them by their fruit when it was talking about false prophets and false teachers. And so, um, you know, we know, like, the fruit of the Spirit um, and, like, uh, I don't know. Amanda, do you know off the top of your head or looking up the fruit of the Spirit? Because I don't want to, like, butcher that. Well, I mean, we don't have to say them all, but there's, like, love, joy, peace, uh, patience, long mm-hmm. self-control. Forgive me that I don't know them all. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. But yeah, there's nine of them. And so um, you look that one up. And I believe it's Galatians 5, 22, 23, if you'd like to look it up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I was thinking of some of them, but I was like, yeah, it's just, okay, so thank you. Um, and so it's instead of that fruit of the spirit, there's bad fruit and, um, you know, just growing sin nature and um, you know, they deceive others because false prophets, um, who claim to be of Christ and teach of Christ, but really, um, they also claim that they have a special revelation and you follow them. And if you don't follow them, then you won't really be with Christ when really we should just be following Christ and Christ alone, for he is the only way to the father. Um, and, uh, so there's first Corinthians one eighteen. And it says, for the world, or sorry, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, And, you know, God, and so it's like God's total revelation. The gospel can either be received or rejected. And those that reject it are deemed fools as they see it as nonsense and are headed for destruction. But to those who believe it, it is powerful wisdom. And. I think it kind of just goes back to how there's a lot of people nowadays who claim the title Christian and yet support everything that is not of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and which again just makes me think about that scripture, how many are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and this in your name? But Jesus didn't know them. He didn't have a personal relationship with them. Maybe they knew of Christ and goes back to those former scriptures we read too about how some people may be exposed to that knowledge of Christ and, um, you know, witnessing the, the, um, the Holy Spirit at work and all these things, but they're susceptible to falling away. Whereas, you know, the elect, um, by God's grace are kept safe from that. And, um, so there's also second Timothy four, one through five. Um, it says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So there is a judgment that is coming for believers and unbelievers, and God will be the one to separate. The role of preaching the word is a very serious one. Each person is um, commanded to handle the word accurately. The reality of people becoming intolerant of being confronted with truth and entertaining false ideologies is very real and makes it more imperative to do as commanded, preach the gospel. The more people come out trying to proclaim false gospels is the more that we should be concerned with it like I don't know if you would say diluting or I don't know but the more we need to be getting the real gospel out there Mm. um because it's only the true gospel that can save because if Jesus Christ is the only way to the father then the truth of who Jesus Christ is needs to be gotten out and what he has done for us that we may be saved um 
And then there's also 1 John 2, 15 through 19. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that, that um, they all are not of us. And so... Of course, it still brings back to mind how many will say, we did this in your name, Lord, we did this in your name, but they're relying on their works where you need Jesus to be saved. And so, um, you know, this scripture for First John, it talks about how God's love is great, but he doesn't condone the love of the world. There is evidence to those that are true Christians, and they're marked by love and obedience to God. But those that are not true are in rebellion to him. Those that partake in the evil things of the world are held captive by Satan. They are under deception. For this reason, true Christians must reject the world and its ways. So if you're claiming to be a Christian and you look just like the world, then there should be some concern there because we are not meant to be of the world. Yes. We are not meant to conform to the world. And, and, it, and it's just a shame because, again, I, I've seen people claiming the title of Christian, and yet they take Christ out of the word. And so we need to be walking in God's ways, not in the ways of the world. And so that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, huh? Yeah. No, I just, the beautiful part is that, Mastasia, is that we can never go wrong with putting scripture out there. Like we just, mm -hmm. you know, because our hearts are not to deceive others, but to lead others to the word of God, to lead others to Christ. And that is genuinely what we've always said with, with our podcast. We want you to know the truth because we believe that the truth prevails. Mm -hmm. We believe ultimately God already has overcome this world. Like we are more than conquerors through Christ. We are technically speaking to those that are true followers of Jesus Christ that are Christians. But obviously, many can come and listen to this podcast, and it'd be it, it's wonderful if they have that understanding of what that looks like, you know. And the fact that we just can't comfortably go about life, we're we're I, I believe we have the armor of God for a reason, you know, mm -hmm. because we're soldiers, we are soldiers for God. We're we're in a constant battle. We're in a constant battle against what? What is a uh, um, Forgive me when like these scriptures just like leave my head, but it's in Ephesians, Ephesians six, you know, we have the armor of God for a reason for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of darkness. Woo, woo, you know, oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's like, you know, so we, we're in a war every day, especially true followers of Jesus Christ. We are going to have our enemy, Satan, that is coming against us. So we need to be constantly uh, looking to see what is required of us in the word, how to live by that. And just as, you know, just as God says to live as he is holy, be mm -hmm. like him and not that we're striving on our own, but we're humbly coming to him constantly over and over again. Lord, hold me accountable. Show me what your word says. Don't let me just be a hearer of your word, but have me be a doer of your word. Help me to, to, to heed your convictions, to obey you. Help me, Lord. And you're asking for that help on a daily basis because it's a daily walk with the Lord. It's not a monthly walk. It's not a weekly walk. It's not a yearly walk. It's a daily walk. And you and I, Masaja, can attest to that sometimes it feels like a, like a every minute walk, like a minutely walk, a second <laughs> mm -hmm. walk <laughs> because of just the things that we go through. But, you know, but count it all joy, count it all joy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess we're, we're, we're kind of getting tight on time here. Um, but I don't know, this stuff excites me and I know it excites you, Mastasia, mm -hmm. but <laughs> we love being about the word of God and we love telling others, go seek him, seek him that he may be found now mm -hmm. so that when you end up in that judgment place, you're not before that great white throne judgment. You're, you're before that beam of seat. 
which is where the true followers of Jesus Christ will be judged. Your motives will be judged, but you won't judge to the point where you know, and the Lord knows that your hearts were far from him, that you are not part him and you are going to be cast into that lake of fire. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess we could just end our podcast with, uh, short stories of any types of deception that we may have been exposed to, or we have heard about. And, um, then we're going to pray, you know, um, Nastasia, would you like to share any story of what you've heard of or have possibly been a part of? It doesn't have to be super elaborate or anything, but just kind of like a quick story. So I, I remember how I, I had this perception of what some people would claim to be the Old Testament God. God is God. He doesn't change. <laughs> like, so the whole Bible is about God. But I, I had this perception that God the Father would look at me with his arms crossed and turn his back to me because he was just so disappointed that I kept getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. That no matter what I did in my own strength, again, I would fail. And, or here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. I'm upset. I must not trust God enough. And, and oh, he must be so tired of this and so frustrated. And I bet he's just looking at me, shaking his head. Like, of course, why can't you just get it right? Because don't you trust who I am? How dare you doubt who I am? And I just had this very negative perception of God. And I would put a lot of that, I would project a lot of that onto the Old Testament because he's a very just God. And you get to see a lot of that just wrath in the Old Testament. But going through my walk with God, there were countless times where where he would, like this is a process of renewing my mind and um, and changing me to become more and more like Christ as it is for all of those who are walking with God. And so um, there have just been plenty of times where, you know, he reminds me of the comfort of Jesus Christ and he reminds me that his grace is sufficient and that he reminds me that he is the one at work in me who is changing me, that it is by his power and not by my own, that I'm not saved by works, but by him and teaching me. And I'm still learning so much to, rejoice during the learning stage even if it means I don't yet know it because I know that I know the one who knows it all and so um and so then now it's like having gone through the old testament again instead of having that that perception of oh he's just he just hates me or he's just this or that instead what just kept coming to light more and more was that despite how so many times, one after another, the Israelites departed, they were stiff-necked, they sinned, they created idols, they turned away again and again and again and again and again, and God would show his just wrath again and again. But every time, if you would turn back to me, I will forgive you. How good is God? How good is he? so good and I uh and so there was that that bit of deception that though it did not take away from my salvation because I believe in Christ and the fullness of him and want to follow him it still was affecting my walk because I just kept getting discouraged again and again because my eyes were set on I'm not doing enough he must be disappointed why can't I get it right but by his grace I am instead coming to that realization that he is the one. He is enough. He is working. He is merciful. He is just. But in that justness, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay our debt. And if we believe in him, if he is, if we call him our Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead on that third day, we are saved because he is the one that saves. He is the one to the Father, the only way to the Father. And God is good. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God is good. So that was my little instance of a twisted form, something that twisted the image of God and God made work of that. 
he did he's good and I'm still learning so much but don't despise the learning process and keep your eyes on Jesus because it is him that will do this work I think we put too much weight on ourselves when we cannot bear that power of God to that fullness because we are not God. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So in for the sake of time, um, I think we're just going to have to do like a podcast with like deception stories or something. <laughs> um, I, I have like things in mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the sake of time, I'm simply going to say that um, in my walk with God, I have been exposed to different types of deception, you know, false prophets, religious deception, um, just different types of things, uh, seeing things or hearing things or knowing of people that have gone through things. And the one thing that I could uh, really emphasize is that it distorts your thinking completely. It is so dangerous. Um, It is so destructive. And I am speaking to Christians and false converts or to everybody just basically, you know, it is, it could cause so much harm, so much harm. And to come back from it is just, it is such an uphill battle. It really is. And if I can just quickly mention the fact of, it can be so subtle. And a lot of it can stem you can be easily deceived even though in its subtlety based on things that you have in your heart based on things that are in there you know such as pride pride bitterness unforgiveness those types of things lead you to believe that you're right over everything that you do and you say And then if you're not seeking scriptures, there's no conviction. And then you don't hear the convictions. But uh, there will be more to come. Um, I just simply wanted to state that in a sense to get your minds thinking on that. That do not take deception lightly. Can you be deceived? Yes, absolutely. You can be. And I believe we've given you a lot of scriptures to think about. But... um, Please continue to listen in because as far as we know, unless the Lord returns or something absolutely changes, we have another part to this and we're not absolutely sure if there'll be another one to it, but we just want to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. So with that, I'm going to ask Mastasia to close this out in prayer. Can you do that, please? Yeah. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father how good you are, and how merciful you have been. Thank you so much for your long suffering, the patience that you've shown us, and the work that you do in us by your Holy Spirit, because of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Thank you so much, God, for this time, and may your truth shine forth. May it penetrate our hearts and minds, and may you continue your good work in us, that only you can accomplish. Heavenly Father, we know that there is deception out there and that we are susceptible to it, but we know that you are so much greater and that nothing can separate us from you, Lord, and so, and from your love, Lord. So please guard our hearts and minds, Lord, and um, keep us from deception and have us discern deception, Lord, and may us, and may we, be just immersed in the truth of your word, being taught by your Holy Spirit of, of, your, of the interpretations, Lord. And Heavenly Father, soften the hearts of those who do not know you, Lord, that they may turn to you and be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time and all that you are doing, God. Please lead us to do the work you've prepared in advance for us to do. And... May you be glorified in our, through our lives, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you again for your support, your prayers. We greatly appreciate them. And please tune in to this episode, to the next episode. Check out all of our previous podcasts. And please subscribe, comment, like, and share with others because we just believe that many have to hear 
the word of God because truth will prevail. Absolutely. So everybody, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Scripture quotations taken from the NASB New American Standard Bible. Copyright by the Lachman Foundation. Aside from citations from Matthew 7, 21 to 23 and Galatians 1, 8.